I'm Andrew Haynes, and this is the Fair Game Podcast, the place where we talk about all things golf. For this episode, we've got two pretty cool guests. The first is Matt Aylward, a golfer, photographer, and professional dancer who's cut it up with the likes of Justin Timberlake and a few other pop icons. The second is Anthony Alavi, a former professional football player turned actor who's obsessed with the game as much as we are. Let's get into it. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Are you guys both West Coast? I'm in LA. LA. Nice. Um, I'd love to take a little bit of time just to introduce each of you just to our listeners. Obviously, you guys both play golf, um, which is probably why I stalked you on Instagram. Thank you, by the way, for, for, for doing the podcast. But I'm also, I think it's really cool that you're doing some really dope things off the course and have some interesting backgrounds. So um, I'd love to start with asking my favorite question is understanding how you, you got into golf because everyone has a different story and they're wild. Mine was through a corporate event and then you just end up being obsessed. Um, but yeah, maybe take a second to introduce yourself, um, how you got into the game, what you're up to now, and then we'll kind of go from there. You want me to go first? Yeah, start a shot. <laughs> My name is Anthony Alabi. I'm an actor, a uh, former NFL offensive lineman. Uh, and uh, I got into golf when I was playing football. Uh, you know, the quarterbacks usually are the guys that always want to go play. And the offensive linemen are not. We are not built to be on a golf course. <laughs> we, we, you know, we go and we, we try and, and do all that. But I always, I always found it really interesting. And I found it as a it was just such a different thing than what we did normally with, with football specifically to get better at it or to do something better. You're supposed to do it like faster and with more violence and more, you know, just a lot more to it. Whereas golf was the complete opposite of that. And it was the first time that I was like just swinging like a madman trying to like hit this ball. And I remember our, our quarterback, and I think it was like Brody Croyle or something. It was like Kansas city. And he was like, just act like you're hitting it in slow-mo. And I remember I hit it, I hit it for the first time. And it was that socket kind of like really just center face, beautiful shot. And I mean, I'm sure it went way shorter than it was supposed to. But for me, it was like the greatest feeling ever. And since then, it's just wanting to repeat that. And then uh, I moved to LA to pursue acting and do all that when I retired. And I remember I was guest starring on this show and I was in the back, what we all do, like you're backstage and you're like waiting kind of like working on your swing, just working on your body movements and doing, you know, the thing that we all do, we all do. Yeah. And uh, one of the EPs was kind of like crossing by and he like doubled back and was like, hey man, you play golf? I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was like, you want to play golf? I was like, yeah, sure. So he is a golf, like he's obsessed. So he's like trying to play every day. And I, you know, I have kids and a family, so I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, it's either be a good dad or like you're just a mediocre golfer so <laughs> i was like let's just let's try and get a little balance so i played with him once a week but it was so good and we built that rapport that i ended up getting my first series as an actor because of that interaction like we ended up becoming really good friends because we golfed all the time and i got better at it because he was like a 10 handicap so i was like cool so i was like learning from him and then we just became really good friends and then when it came to like work time i ended up getting a, a show off of that and so at the end of the day if if my wife is ever like you're golfing a lot i'm like i'm making an investment in our <laughs> in our livelihood so you have to let me know but uh that's yeah so that's my my kind of first dive into golf and now i'm an addict so you just do it all the time on your own look it happens fast so 
Maddie, give us the lowdown, sir. All right. Let's see. I started golfing when I was younger. My dad taught me when I was like nine or 10. Um, my dad was a range rat. Uh, he would only go to the range on like Sundays. Uh, he'd pretty much be in his office working every other day of the week. So Sunday we'd either like go to the range and I would like, you know, he'd teach me how to hit a ball and simple stuff. And then uh, my biggest memories of growing up were like playing a par three course. Uh, I grew up in North Carolina. Um, this really, 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 really shitty part three course called Pebble Creek. Um, and that's just, I remember like, that's where I got hit with a golf ball for the first time. <laughs> that's where I hit a ball on a green, like for the first time. I, that, that's where a lot of my like core, core memories of golf are. Like I was having, I remember playing so terrible, like couldn't find the club face. Again, I was 10 years old. Um, and my dad was like, I'll bet you $20 that you can make this, that you can't make this next one on the green. And then just pure, absolutely like time. I can still <laughs> feel that shot and see that shot and just like perfect little butter cut right on the green, like maybe like four, four feet from the hole. And my dad was like, well, he's like, that's pretty much how gambling works. I was like, perfect. Yeah. So, Sweet. Um, yeah. So I did that. And then, um, I started dancing when I was 13 and I pretty much like everything got put on pause, like hard pause. Um, dance just took over everything. And then when I moved to LA, I drove from Charlotte to LA and I just threw my clubs that I had in my car and just had them here for, for no reason, just because they were my stuff. And I was taking all my stuff with me to move to LA. Um, and then um, a bunch of guys that I like looked up to and like, like wanted to like be in their camp basically um after class they would always talk about uh hey are you trying to hit wit set tomorrow you want to hit wit set and i was like what the hell is wit set oh, so yeah. i do so, yeah so I, I do some like you know like trying to find out and then it's like it's a little par three here in la and a driving range so then i would just start going and just would go to the driving range and hopefully they would be there you know and would run into those people and then um saw them at the driving range they're like oh you play golf boom and then that's really like very similar story to you is like you ended up getting a series out of it i i myself got a world tour out of it literally just like loving golf and i was i was like we all like we would like dress up and we'd wear like the vests and like the the newsboy caps and all this and just be like dancers are extra we like to do a lot for attention because, <laughs> because because when you're working jobs it's not really about you like we're really just supposed to make the artist or whoever else look better but sure. also it's it reminds me of that scene in uh oceans 11 when he's like okay he needs to love you and then immediately forget about you as soon as you leave the door that's what being a dancer is like because they have to love you in the process and then as soon as you're gone it's like you Done. We're never, never right. there. You're just there to to compliment, to add value to certain situations. Um, but yeah, and then we all caught the golf bug, and the natural progression here in LA is Witset, Roosevelt, Woodley Lakes, Balboa, Encino, Wilson Harding, yes. Rancho, and then you're like, ooh, what if we went up to? Uh, it was Robinson Ranch at the time. Now it, uh, it's uh, called Sand, it's Canyon. Sand Canyon. Yeah, uh, yeah. and then. And then I still have the bug and they all play. I mean, I'm the only one that doesn't have any kids. So I, um, I have a lot more time to, to play. 
Um, but I'm the golf sicko of the group. But now I'm that dude. It's like, hey, got a tea time. Is anyone trying to come? But it's like for that that group of friends, it's like booking out like six weeks in advance. Like, hey, is everyone right. free? Like I in the Ugh. first week of September to get around it <laughs> together. Yeah, it's like that now. I've been trying to play a round of golf with a friend of mine all summer and it just maybe i'm just like old and washed and this is what happens when you get old and wash you're just like trying to book golf a, a month out like when can we play and like oh i'm traveling becomes an working. Event. yeah it becomes an event but i mean that's how it is it's interesting so yeah dancers football um and also matt you shoot um which i think is cool but it's it's inter- interesting how uh the golf connected to your professional careers but like un unknowingly um, I think that is one of the things that, you know, because growing up, you hear, or at least I remember seeing like lots of stereotypical things on TV where it's like, oh, the business guys play golf. And like, I think, I think some of that is true. Like, do you guys think that's accurate or just because the game has gotten more popular? It's just, it's just a thing that more, you know, young professionals are, are doing. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think the game is, I think a lot of those people played golf it's i feel like everyone's story is very similar whether you started super late or you started super early you took a massive break and then came back to it i think a lot of them probably probably had like the oshkosh bagosh like set up when they were little little and hit a golf ball or just like any kind of hitting action whether it was baseball or hockey or anything i think that is just kind of like ingrained growing up playing sports as a child and I think when you get to golf later in life, it kind of allows you to revisit that childhood aspect of just like going out to play. Because again, you're booking things out a month in advance. It's like, like what's the meme? Like um, one day you went out and played with, with your friends, not knowing it was the last time, you know? Um, so now it's like golf is like us getting to relive those like childhood moments. But I feel like it's, the game is definitely more accepting. I also feel like people are, okay to let people know that they play golf as opposed to before it's like something that you didn't really want people to know and and now it's like now people are like yeah sure let's go i'm down to play um i feel like it's a lot more people are maybe uh, more willing to allow people to know that they enjoy the activity for sure i agree with that completely i think i think especially in when you said that people are more okay saying that they play golf i think uh you know as a black man you know that like before it was like, oh, golf, golf is for white people. Like they don't, like black people don't play golf. Like they just don't. Right. Like growing yeah. up, that was the whole thing. It was like, oh, that's a sport that like white people play. Like we go out there and try and like do it, but like it didn't work. And then Tiger happened and it was like, well, one of us does. <laughs> <laughs> and then like slowly that shit started to grow. But I'll be honest with you. Like I didn't, I didn't start seeing like myself and people that look like me in golf until like very recently like i was telling my wife the other day i was like this is the wild west right now golf influencers and like golf and like the golf culture i mean macklemore and bogey boys and like like major brands signing like these small comedic groups of people and so it's been this whole renaissance of like what playing golf means what it is all of those things i think we've all experienced that thing of like you know the typical country club buttoned up shirt tucked white belt you know perfect polo the whole deal and like saddle shoes that executive type looking down on someone who's not dressed like that and now right. it almost feels like the opposite like you show up to a you show up to a muni course 
with that on. And you're not wearing J's or something cool. <laughs> you, know, you, don't, you don't have any swag to you, but you're just wearing like old school 1980s, like slick, right. you know, fucking, you're going to get looked at. And you're going to get looked at the way black people were looked at on golf courses like way back in the day. Yeah, that's that's true. Even if you're, and I, I consider myself like, I like to have a little swag, but I don't go like nuts with like the crazy shirts. But I wear like, you know, off-brand stuff, stuff that like people, you know, brands that aren't typical, right? And then you right. always got like a nice set of J's, even if it's just like J1s that are just kind of like, you know, just lows and, and easy, but they're still J. You're not wearing like foot joy right. sap. You know what I mean? Even though there's a, there's a, there's a group that does that now, there's the, you know, that, that movement. So it's, it's interesting now that you have all these people and all these different kind of like points of view of golf and how to come into the game and how to approach it. But I think, especially with the way that it happened for me, I think that there is definitely still that use of the sport of golf to evaluate people and I think to make business deals. Because at the end of the day, you're spending four to six hours with somebody right. in a golf cart, like, you know, or you're walking together, but you get to see, like, if you're, if you're a business owner and you're looking to acquire or you merge or whatever, you get four to six hours of uninterrupted, like, competition space, higher, higher stakes with someone, and you get to kind of evaluate them. How do you handle pressure? How do you handle it when you end up in the rough or behind a tree and you have to get out? Are you somebody that's a risk taker? You're just like, fuck it, I'm going to knock it down the trees. Or are you like, you know what? I'm just going to hit a wedge out back to the fairway, play my game. It says a lot about you and your approach to different things. And, and those can be translated to life. Whether they do or not, it doesn't matter. Perception is reality in those situations, right? Sure. So I think in the, in, with that, I think there's still kind of that little that what we grew up with in the eighties of having like these, you know, eighties and nineties of having like these businessmen using golf as a, an evaluation tool, which I think in this industry and in like corporate industry is still used. Yeah. It, it's very interesting. I mean, if I had to choose between going to a typical, I don't know, brunch or luncheon with business partners or playing a round of golf, I would rather play a round of golf, not just because of the golf, but I do think there is that idea of you're spending time with someone where there's, it's it's not about their guard being down, but you're seeing a you're seeing a human side of them, which probably has significant effect on how they can conduct themselves in business and in all those situations. I had an older boss. Um, I used to work for a venture capital firm, and um, it, this is actually really funny. Uh, <laughs> one of the old partners there had a, a, a his POV, or I guess you call it mindset or mantra. I don't know, but basically we would decide to invest in companies. And obviously you're looking at the company, you're looking at the people, the culture, the et cetera, et cetera. And he was always a little weary of guys that ran companies that were really good at golf. It's, this is the opposite end of the spectrum because it's like, if you have the time to get that dialed, that raises the question about like, what else are you doing in the business? So I don't How know. How are you a three and run a Fortune 500 company? <laughs> right, yeah. How? I'm bragging about like, oh, I'm a plus two. It's like, How? when do you do paperwork? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and anybody who plays golf regularly and, and actually like maintains a handicap or like just plays serious. And I'm not saying like you're in it, but like, you know, you, you just play seriously enough to know your numbers and know those things that you play the sport knows that in order to get that good, you can't just be like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm just fucking talented. No, that shit takes work. <laughs> yes, the time. That takes range time. That takes, like, you got to be on course, hitting off grass, not off mats. Like, you need to be dialed in with your short game. That's hours. You know what I mean? That's, that's time. So it's like, are you using all that money toward a golf coach? Toward right. playing all the time? Or are you actually spending some time in the office? So I, and once again, 
an evaluation through golf, right? Yeah. It's just like whether it's like good or bad, where it's like, yeah, I'm a three handicap. It's like that's not necessarily a good thing in what we're doing. <laughs> it goes both ways. You can't be too good and you can't be too bad because you have to find that sweet spot in the middle. Where it's like, okay, shooting eighty two every time. Easy, eighty two, nice to the caddies. Exactly, that's really funny. No, I think it's 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 really exciting, especially when you start to see that cultural shift in golf. And you're right, like more people have swag, more people are open to being themselves in the course. And yeah, like what's his name? Like uh, our friend, Mr. We the Best, DJ Khaled. It's more like he hijacks golf. But what I love about him is that his passion is authentic. Like the dude, and as a golfer, you can, he's legit obsessed. Like he can't stop. Oh yeah, he can't stop right. doing it. Like he this man stop. came out with, I think he had like 225 videos in three days of golf. Like when, yeah. he, when he first yeah. came out, like he is just like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it over again. Do it again. And you you can actually see him get a little better each time. Oh yeah, he's definitely practicing. It's good to see because again, it feels it feels genuine. Yeah, Matt, you gave us a little bit of the dancing story connection. So just with golf, because obviously, like I didn't realize that you were you were working with Miss with Mr. Timberlake. Was he the only artist that you worked with? I uh, I toured with Justin. Um, I did uh, what else did I do? Um, I did a tour with Joe Jonas. Um, and I did a, I did a good run of shows with Jason Derulo, um, and then I did a lot of like one off stuff with um, you know I did I did an Usher performance. I've done Rihanna. Um, I've been extremely fortunate to to have some some heavy hitters on the yeah. resume. So I'm, I'm in incredibly thankful to have done that. Yeah, because it's 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 really cool. Obviously, those artists are massive, but what I love is that. Some of them, I think all the Jonas Brothers, obviously we know Justin plays and Nick Jonas plays. Um, how many of the people that you, because I'm curious about how many of the artists you do work with were also obsessed with golf? And did you guys ever sneak off after practice to go hit a, hit a bucket? There's got to be a little you and J Justin at the range bucket story in here somewhere. Maybe. I have never played golf with Justin. No matter how many group chats or whatever it is, like, hey, I'm back in town. Let's get out and play. I'm like, let's tee it up at Harding, my dude. Like, let's see you out there. But it's like, that's that's not going to happen. I've been fortunate enough to play it's at like the club. There. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I literally I live right across the street from Lakeside. It's it's literally right there. Nice. But I've I've gone out there and everything. And when I go out there, like um, the first time I played there, I didn't play with him, but he was there. And I was on one of the holes and I just hear someone yelling my name. And I was like, oh, I'm getting kicked out. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, immediately, immediately. And I just turn around and it's, it's Justin. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I was like, that's, that's the, that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> we would like never played with Justin, but like Ivan and I, one of the other dancers is one of my, my best friends. Um, when we were in Australia and New Zealand um, and but while we were in the States as well, me and him would kind of like work out a deal with certain clubs being like, Hey, I may or may not have some tickets to a concert that's happening in sure. exchange for a round of golf. Um, so we would do that a lot. We put like, we got to play like New South Wales. Um, we got nice. to, we got to play some, some nice spots while we were on the road, but never, never played with Justin, but me and Justin would always talk about like, Oh, your, your P2 here looks really good and blah, 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 blah. And like, and, uh, I love like that. This stuff, stuff in his swing. Um, 
Yeah, I know that when they were doing all the rehearsals for tour, that they would go out and play play a couple times. But I wasn't I wasn't a part of any of that. I I came in super last minute. Got it. Yeah, because that's the part that I think is interesting. And even with you, Anthony, like I'm just thinking about like obviously with with football and with acting there had to have been people that also loved golf and just having that connection. And like thinking of those moments of it's not just downtime, but there's always some little thing we're in the locker room hanging out and someone's got a couple putters and a little cup and we're putting at the cup or. Oh man. Are you in the, the yeah. locker room in the NFL? There was always the laundry basket in the corner. And so there was, mm-hmm. always, we just kept a wedge. Like there was always a 54 degree wedge in the corner of the locker room and anybody would just grab it and you just start hitting balls. And it's like, you just, it's up to you to make sure that the, the area is clear. Cause if you hit somebody, you're dealing with like a 300 pound dude. <laughs> just ang- angry. Yeah. But usually you'd see guys in there flop shotting, like all up in the locker room. And so it was always, it was always, a, I was always around it because it was just such a thing. And, and at the time, I think, you know, then you're talking about like 2005, 2006. Like, I think it was still a time where like black dudes were like, no, nah, I don't play golf. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was always like, no, nah, I'll just hit the ball here, but like I don't play like that. Um, and so it's interesting just to see kind of that evolution and and how things have changed. But yeah, actors. I mean, it, it's all downtime. I mean, especially right now, like it's just it's all downtime. Yeah, yeah, it's super downtime. So yeah, yeah. Every actor that I've been wanting to play with, or every like director or whatever, it's another way to kind of talk to people or, or just you know keep your your network close and to and hang as you get a foursome of guys together and you know it's a director it's a producer it's it's another actor or, or or something like that you you guys can talk shop and, and collaborate all while playing golf and still the more you play with those guys you know how they are which is is awesome because it's like when you're meeting or when you're having things you know the tendencies of these people you know how they think how they operate and that's what i'm talking about where golf can show you so much about a person's personality where if you find a dude that you just vibe with on the golf course and you guys play about the same, same mentality, same kind of way of thinking and, and just kind of the way you approach the game, it's gold. Because there's right. nothing worse than going with somebody to play golf. And like, I, I remember I, there was a fellow actor. I played in the Grand, in the Emmy. It was like an Emmy classic at Wilshire or something like that. Uh, hosted by said, and I remember, uh, this guy after that tournament we played together and I pulled out my speaker and I put it on and I was like putting on some music, you know, and I keep it, I don't want to interrupt anybody's shit, but I keep it, you know, a little, it's a little, like a little louder than, than a whisper. So I wait, like I can hear it. And it's just like, it's not blaring. I'm not bumping it. Anything like that. Right. He was like, Oh, Oh, you, you listen to music while you (laughs) play. And he's a good, like he was a single handy, a single digit handicap. So I'm like, yeah, man, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm, what am I going to do? I was shooting 92 at the time. Like, I'm, I was like, I don't, sure. you know, and so I was like, oh, okay, my bad. And then he was like, oh, are you going to, um, can you just make sure that you uh, rake that, that sand trap after? And I was like, I, I just got in here. I haven't even hit yet. So right. I, I will rake it. I, I got it. It's, it's all good. So it's, we, right? Like when the vibe yeah. is off. Right. It, yeah. All those, all the little things, the, the little things add up. Yeah. I mean, do you guys prefer, just because, you know, golf is so social, do you guys like playing with people or do you prefer to play by yourself? I could, honestly, it, it doesn't matter to me. As long as I get to play golf, I am good. I can go out there solo and get paired with a bunch of random strangers and still have an absolute amazing time. It's obviously fun to 
play with buddies and um but for me like it doesn't matter to me i i am a true golf sicko just let me get out there whether it's with three of my best friends or or three complete strangers i will have a good time either way just give me a tea time (laughs) just get me on the course that's true what what about you then do you have a preference anthony i love i really love playing by myself like I yeah. enjoy playing by myself. I I'm cool with being social, like, but I don't get to play enough. Like I my max when I'm humming and I'm like having round after round, it's once a week. I, I can go off once a week. Right. And it's usually during the week. Like right now, the kids are in camp. You know, my wife is working. You know, uh, teaching clients, and I'm like on strike. So like I don't have shit right. to do. So literally, I will be like, cool. I'll play. Like as soon as I drop them off from nine to five I'm, or nine to four, I'm free. Like let's play golf. Uh, and if people want to play, that's great. But I, I like playing alone because it allows me to kind of really focus and see like, how good am I when I'm hundred percent focused? I'm not trying to tell my buddies, I don't want to drink right now. Or like, I'll, I'll drink on the back, on the back nine. Like I, right. I'm like, I don't want to drink while I'm golfing right now. I just want to see how good I can be. And so it, it's those things that help you're hitting off grass. I can practice, you know, if I, if I chunk a wedge or something, I can like try it again and be like, okay, get those feels out. I don't get a lot of time on grass. You know, other than like going to Whitset and just hitting balls or like if I want to go to Woodley's driving range where they have a grass range, like I'll go there, but I don't get a lot of that time. So for me, it's such quality time to be able to like take a Tuesday afternoon, 9 a.m. Like even if I'm paired up with randoms, like I can just walk and put my my AirPods in and be able to like hit a drive and be like, okay, cool. That's where I wanted it. And then if like if I hit behind the ball, just being like, why did I do that? And then even maybe taking a second ball and just being like, pop, I'm be like, okay, that's what that feels like. And being able to kind of like practice, get a little bit of practice in with my round when I play by myself, that's the fun part. That is very, and and when you, you have knowledgeable people, right? Like that, like that know what they're talking about. Not just like, oh, keep your head still, keep that left arm straight. It's like, no, man, (laughs) like you can have people like, yeah, man. And they know your swing because you play with them. So it's nice to have them be like, hey, you were a little fast in that down. That's why I went that way. Like, or hey, you were, you were a little quick or like. I saw you come over the top a little or like, you know, anything that helps that, you know, that is actual little tidbits that will make a difference and help other than the general kind of like, got to close that club face. It's just like, right. Right. yeah, like when you're, when you have that group that like, you're almost like, you know, their flaws to an extent and you're just like, you're all comfortable with like shooting in your eighties or nineties and you're all cool with it, but you all do know, Oh, you, you normally come over the top. You normally cast a little bit like, just being like, oh, you're you're doing that thing again. It's kind of nice because yep. sometimes even like when I'm out there on my own, I'm like, what the what like what the what hell am I doing? Am I doing? Right. What am yeah. I doing? And then to have someone who knows how I play to be like, oh, you're um, you're doing this. I'm like, oh yeah, I am doing that. And then mm-hmm. it's like uh well, the that scene in um, Wolf of Wall Street where McConaughey is talking about like ideas, and he just talked about how it just kind of like floats in and he makes that sound or whatever. <laughs> it's like, that's what, that's what a golf feel is. You're like, yeah. Oh yeah. I remember like you have feels and then you'll grind and you'll groove it for like two to three months. Everything's all good. And then all of a sudden yes. it's just like, yeah, leaves. it leaves your body forever. And then all of a sudden, maybe like eight months or a year down the road, you're like, Oh, remember when I used to think this and then it just, comes back it's it's that so funny was, how those ideas like literally float like circularly around that, your like being that always interested me with exactly what you just talked about how you could just be grooving it and just be like my rhythm is, is perfect like my timing like i know what the club hit feels like like i remember the, the, like right now i'm in this thing where i'm i'm really hitting my irons pretty pure and purer than usual and all i'm thinking is at the like have an intentional swing that isn't rushed 
and the single swing thought is have a half a breath at the top. And oh. it's not a half a half a breath. It's not, but it feels like that to me because it's forcing me to slow down. Whereas normally it's just like up and down, you know. And, and this time it's like let the the weight of that club shift the way it needs to at the top of the swing, where it comes up and down. You know what I mean? And whether that's what it is actually or not, or if it's just a feel or a swing thought in my head, that has helped in my rhythm and the timing. But I just got that back two weeks ago because I had <laughs> it for months and I lost that feeling for yes. like a month. And I'm like, how does this, why does it leave my body? It's like, that, I guess that's why the pros practice yeah. constantly. So you don't ever lose that or leave it. I have a very, a- very similar swing thought. Mine is enjoy the time. Um, because That's you're it. out there for four hours, but really you're only playing for like six minutes, you know, like, <laughs> enjoy the time. And cause like, for me, I try to do the, I try to do like the cam young Hideki, like slight pause at the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like more flexible than the average human being. Just cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a dancer. Um, so it's like, if I, I won't like, I'll get at the top of my backswing and my knees are already going forward, like through like, like, like <laughs> I have to like slowly get there, kind of post up for a second, and then make my action on the ball. It feels like I'm up there forever. It does. And then, it does. And then I'll see it on video, and I'm like, I literally did not stop at all. At all. It's not a single moment of stillness. It's just like, oh, cool. Feels like I'm there forever. And then through the swing. Yeah. So I, I tell myself to enjoy the time. That is fascinating. And that's it. That's another one. It's just like take your time. Yeah. I, think, I don't know if it's if you've heard it before. Uh, the saying is slow is smooth and smooth is fast. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. that that's that little area is the smoothness is what is making things. It's also your body working like anatomically correctly, how right. you're transferring the weight and like making the most efficient movement. Um, it's hard to be efficient if you're swinging incredibly hard and fast. Well, then sure. it, well, I mean, we're getting into science here, but doesn't that it, it like activates the big muscles? So then you're all out of whack, right? Because now all of a sudden yeah. it's like your chest is contracting and you're really, you know what I mean? So then it's, everything's going to be kind of off as opposed yeah. to when you just let it flow. I'm guessing you're allowing the body to kind of like the natural muscle, muscle progression to take place to where it's like, okay, now you're going through as opposed yeah. to let me just flex and kill this thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's uh, one of the things like when I'm when I teach because I teach a lot of kids dance um, is that um, bigger muscles make bigger movement, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like if you're getting handsy with your swing. It's like you're obviously using smaller muscles and it's just not as efficient, like to use that you need to use your big muscles to make a big mm-hmm. movement. That is interesting. Yeah, because I wanted to talk a little bit about just the, the dance and similarities between the two. Because obviously, dance and golf are very different, but I think there are a lot of principles that are similar. So there's balance and and technique and form and and repetition and like doing it and doing it and doing it until you get it perfect. Um, for you, with I don't know how can I say this. When you when you hit a golf shot or a, your target is I want to hit it straight and I want to hit it this way exactly right, and I'm assuming with a dance move the way that you think about it is the same way. Like I need to hit this step or do this move this way perfectly. Do you give yourself a margin? Is your margin of error for your golf shot uh, comparable to the margin of error that you give yourself for dancing? Or is it like, they're both like, it's all or nothing like execute or fail. You know what I'm saying? I feel, I feel the dance stuff is a little more binary. It's a little more right and wrong. Sure. 
and that's I guess that's like my, my personal attack, like how I would like to look doing this move or how I would like to execute this. What am I trying to portray? Um, when it comes to golf, like if it's a if it's a miss hit or it's like it, it's either a good miss or it's like if it's not exactly like I'm lining up at this tree, I'm trying to hit a cut and it's a little like push cut. And instead of being in this part of the fairway, I'm on the other side of the fairway or whatever it is like I would just say it's good enough you know, good enough is, is good for me. Um, and so I'll take that when it comes to dance, I'm a, I'm a little more, a little more particular. Um, but I also, I, I just, I got put in dance on accident and that's how I realized I was a visual learner. So it's like, I realized at like 13 or 14 that I could just like watch something like three or four times and then be like, all right, cool. I can do it. You know, um, I'm I'm not the dancer that like drills and drills and drills and drills. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I'll show up. Like, just let me know what you want me to do. Can you show me one more time? Cool. I got it from here. Right. I would love to be able to do that with my golf swing, but that just does not happen. <laughs> I feel like uh, my, my love for golf and, and photography as well is um, like, we all know you get out on the golf course, you pump a ball left, you know, just like a big duck hook. I like to call that the waffle house ball. Um, just yep. smothered and covered going left. <laughs> That's good. Um, when you're like, oh, let me hit another one. It's almost a 99.9% guarantee that that next ball is going off the planet right. Like yep. that's, that's the overcorrection. And I feel like being a dancer where most of what I do is inside in a studio, you know, um, and is a, is a career that has an extremely short shelf life. Like I'm, 33 right now and i'm probably near the end of that shelf life um that golf is the overcorrection and in in my in my own life where it's like golf is something i can do forever photography is another creative outlet for me where i can do this for as long as possible and i'll still dance when i'm older like i, I love like making dinner and like dancing with my wife in the kitchen and stuff like that but those will be the moments that i probably end up dancing later in my life as opposed to trying to go on tours or do any of that so i feel like golf is my life over correction for sure like in similar to that anthony just uh just with with acting and, and performing do you take similar approaches to your work because at least for me like there's so much of a of a, a personal uh and unique uh, perspective that an actor puts on the lines like there's a really cool account um that my wife would show me on instagram where they'll literally play a clip of a movie and then they'll play, they'll play, they see you see the script beneath it and you see like, obviously both of those things. I mean, it's interesting to talk about this now with everything that's happening in Hollywood, but it really shows you that one, the power of words and two, the power of performance. And when those things come together, like where, how the magic happens. Um, I'm curious just with you, you know, comparing acting to golf, like, the similarities between the two because you know i think there's a lot of flexibility and a lot of room for you to put your approach on a line and how you deliver that line and i guess you could probably argue the same thing in golf where you know there's yeah like what what's your perspective on that it's been conflicting as i've gotten older because of the fact that i started off as an athlete right and um being a professional athlete, like you're a professional dancer, you know that how much work and discipline and drilling and drilling and late nights, early mornings, like how it is. And it's like, 
there's no like there's interpretation as far as like obviously in your in your line of work like choreography and like what you want to do with it but like a toe point is a fucking toe point and it looks like this and that's the way it is and that's what you need to strive to get to it's not your version of a toe point or it's a toe that's what it is it's the same thing like with with football where it's like a bucket step or getting to the, the there's a technique and it's a very strict you know unwavering technique and this is what works this is what we do and this is how you do it acting is the complete opposite (laughs) where in the beginning you learn a technique you learn how to do those things and then just like anything else that you learn they tell you okay you know what to do now throw it all away and do it your way Mm -hmm. and do it how you feel knowing the technique that you know put your thing on it and so when i first started golf and even up until probably a couple of years ago i'd say right around like the pandemic was the time when it shifted but i was a drill guy i was like i'm waking up at six going to the driving range i'm working on this if i have to do like just from from zero to p1 for an hour then i'll do zero to p1 for an hour and then p2 like i just you just drill and build this swing to be the perfect swing of what everyone talks about no matter body type anything else right that's that's the football version and then you kind of get to that point where once you learn it you're just like i don't have to swing like that like my body's different i'm six foot six like I'm a former old army. I got long, long arms. I got a bigger chest. Like, you know, I got more to rotate. Like, knees have arthritis. Like, there's a different way of swinging for me. Mm-hmm. And you start to embrace that part where it's like, it may not look the way that it's supposed to look, but it works and it is free flowing and it checks the boxes of the things that are supposed to work. Um, and so that's kind of been the conflict. But my favorite part of golf acting, kind of interacting, is, is the creativity around when you have to scramble or when you're in trouble. Like for me, I love that. I love getting creative. I love being like, all right, I need to like, this needs to cut around a tree and it needs to stay low. And like, I need to take a seven iron and kind of do that. So it kind of rolls, right? Like I like doing that kind of stuff or making up shots and just being like, I have like, this is not far away, but I need to kind of go straight and into that hill pop up. And then those kinds of things to play with them. Most of the time they don't work. But when you get to really work on them and then all of a sudden, like, you know how to play those shots and those are in the bag for you, that, I love that. Like, in my backyard, just to, like, present real stakes, I have a net that I hit into, and I take a seven iron, and I go 20, you know, 25 yards away, and try and hit into that net through this small window, which is, like, the edge of my house and this tree. And so, in the beginning, everything was, like, trash into the tree, because I was like, don't hit your house, you know? (laughs) And so, (laughs) everything was just, like, right into the tree, and then now, it's gotten to that point where I can hit that shot, all day long and then i was like okay cool i can do it at like 30 percent pace but can i do it now if i like pump up the volume like if i actually try and hit it and have it like smack into that net instead of kind of float into the net can you do that and so it started a little some tentative you don't want to hit anything and then all of a sudden you start doing that really well and then that translates to the course which is cool because now i got to be creative on a shot that i built it's a shot this is my the shot that i like to do I take my seven iron, I do this and I can hit it this way. And I know it goes this far and it can curve it this way or that way, depending on it. That's awesome to me because now just like I build a character, I built a shot for myself that I can use. And I can do that with a, with a bunch of other shots and be like, oh, cool. What can I do with a 54 degree now? Like, can I use this shot? And it sucks at first and it keeps sucking and then you do it. And then it's like, all right, now it works. Now I have two right. shots in the back that I can use. And do you get to use them every round? Probably not. But when you do get to use it, your friends are like, oh, shit, where'd that come from? And you're like, I, I do that. That's my yeah. shot. <laughs> it's very much that, where it's like you're told what to do when you're under a tree, put the ball back in your stance, wait forward, like lean, all that. 
but you got to kind of make it your shot. Like, how do you, how does it feel to you? How does it look to you? What is your little thing that you like to do? And just like in acting, that's what you do for a character. The lines, the saying, telling someone I love you, it can be heartfelt and amazing and full of passion. And it can be venomous where you tell someone you love them and you're literally saying, I'm going to fucking kill you in a minute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is. It's taking the stock thing and like, okay, go color it and make it yours. Right. You know? So for me, that's the, that's the part of golf that I think people can own, like own your way of getting out of trouble, own your way of like scrambling or like how you chip or how you do things like that's you, but just get good at it instead of just in theory, you know? Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That's awesome. All right. We have two minutes. So it's almost the end of summer. It's August is basically tomorrow. Uh, what do you guys have in like? What are you guys planning, working on? Can you give us a quick, quick little lowdown if anything? Any golf trips upcoming? Any dope rounds? Like, yeah, what's what's popping? I have some. Um, I have again. I teach a lot of dance, so uh, summertime is like summer camp season. So yeah. um, I have a fair amount of traveling coming up. I think like seven seven different cities and like. I think 15 days it's it's pretty pretty quick but at the end of august i'm going up to sand valley so i'm really really looking forward to that nice i have a celebrity golf tournament on the 25th for st jude and nick swisher so we're doing that okay. uh which i need to practice uh <laughs> and then uh the rest of the summer is going to be creating just kind of writing and doing you know while we're off and we have nothing to do yeah awesome Great. Now, question for the celebrity tournament: What's the format? Is it a scramble? It's a four-man scramble for the lowest score. I can't remember the other rules, but I think obviously they have the side games. But I think that's what it is. Just usually these these charity ones are like scrambles. Yeah, I think you can sign in as an individual, but you know if if they paid for you to to have a celebrity or something like with them, they basically do. Right there, you go. Well, good luck in the scramble. Well, thanks for the time, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fair Game Podcast. If you haven't already, you can hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever service you may be using. We've also launched the Fair Game app, golf's first digital clubhouse, the place to play your game and connect with golfers across the country. You can find it in the App Store or on Google Play. You can also find us on Instagram at Fair Game Golf and check out some of our original videos on our YouTube page. You can find all these links in the podcast episode details. We'll see you next time.